Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television to watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about anger, the subject of anger. Anger in the form of addiction also, so which is very interesting. First, let us do the Mayan. Dun, dun, dun. And today is 11 men. Men is the tribe of the eagle. Men means eagle in Mayan. And it is a tribe that is very logical and spans up high like the eagle to get a view of the whole landscape. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, I would say all of anger is, originates in not having a big enough landscape. Oh, that yeah. you're looking at one little component and not the full picture. So it, it is a good day to have that. Yeah. So today is making decisions about the higher view. Yeah, and a great many uh, physicists tend to mm -hmm. run, scientists and physicists tend to run this That's tribe. That's very true. Yeah. I Carl dissolve Sagan. in order to create, which is what I spent the earlier part of today doing, releasing mine, which is, um, mm -hmm. allows uh, other aspects to take over besides just heart, but there's intuitive knowing and everything. And uh, today's a galactic portal day, and uh, because it's 11 tone, we're guided by our own power, which is interesting. How many days do you get to be guided by your own power? Every day. Yeah. That's specifically that way. Mm -hmm. But um, so uh, addiction is a very interesting game to play. It's one of the, um, well, it's a great deal of accomplishment. I noticed that my life has been about, um, I quit cigarettes five times, okay? I believe. So uh, you only quit them once. The other four times you didn't really quit. You only took a break. Yeah. Okay, but nonetheless, it's done with. And uh, just to begin this idea of uh, being able to get command of your anger, mm -hmm. okay, and that's the first thing that goes with it, which is its addicting quality, much like alcohol or any other drug you want to name. You're no longer in control the minute this takes over, and that's what it has in common. So to not allow your anger to take you over, okay. So uh, back to the cigarettes, the fifth time uh, that I quit, which is going on, I don't know how many years ago, but a very long time ago, I um, consciously decided to quit. I was at a grocery store when I decided not to buy cigarettes, about a mile walk, and I knew I would not walk back if I changed my mind later. So about an hour after I'm home, after I eat, I have the intense desire for cigarette. So I say, well, how much do I have to suffer this time? And I heard the voice, the guide, say to me verbatim, what do I have to make all your decisions for you? You decide how much you suffer. And I said, well, I don't suffer at all. And it's true, I haven't. And it's the same thing. Any of our addictions are as a result of um, a bond, a friendship formed with a negative behavior. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to me, it also includes meat eating and, you know, the, the diet is a big deal. Uh, relatively recently, I stopped consuming sugar, which was clearly an old friend, but I'm getting practice at releasing addiction. So I was really only uh, minorly, uh, only three or four days did I have that idea for desiring something sweet. And then, as I said, it transmuted, it became an essence. Sweetness is an essence. Sweetness, if it's not physical in your diet, then it becomes behavior. 
So now I notice things are sweet. And I use the word sweet much more often because I, I'm not drowning myself in dietary supplement of it. Don't mean to sound, I'm just reporting what's well, been going on in my thinking. Yeah, I think really when we start mastering things, it's mastering the balance point. So it's not a matter of avoiding anything. It's a matter of having the ability to say no to things. And, and it sounds yeah. like it's the same thing, but it's very different. Because mm -hmm. we're either being pulled by love or we're being pr pursued and chased by fear. And I tell you, one feels good and the other doesn't feel so good. And that's how you can tell. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree. I, I do think that as far as the idea of addiction, addiction, remember, we've said this for years, um, that addic uh, um, guilt plus pleasure equals addiction. Yeah. Well, we do get addicted to anger as well. And I know you, you were I'm bringing not. it up to talk about yeah, yeah. the addiction to anger. Mm -hmm. The anger always is um, based on either an underlying fear or an underlying sadness. Mm -hmm. And it's not ever really about the anger. So once we decode it and say, what is anger? Now, first of all, I'll just explain. We have feelings, feelings about things. And we're not designed to hold on to feelings. So we allow these feelings to move and if we cannot allow them to move, then emotion comes to get the energy into motion and it pushes it through, it moves it on. Mm -hmm. So any of the emotions are there to clear up feelings that are uncomfortable for us. So anger comes to move discomfort of some kind. Mm -hmm. So if someone cuts you off in traffic, first you're scared and that scared, that feeling of being scared cut off from uh, people, even though you were cut off with traffic, it, 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 whatever the rejection feelings, whatever each individual would feel, then the anger comes to move us through that feeling. But what we tend to do is not give ourselves permission to feel the anger, and we repress the feeling that was really the locomotion of the original feeling, and it gets built up like a volcano. Mm -hmm. And then you were talking earlier about then we become addicted to our anger. I, I'm not really sure what you wanted to say about it, but I thought I would set it up so that you could. Well, seeing uh, anger as an addiction puts it in a completely different category in your thinking because depending on the individual, like I said, my whole entire, I had a glimpse of my life path, which is this is the life I didn't die in an opium den. <laughs> this is the life that well, that's anger thing. didn't get me killed. This is the life that, you know, there's, there's many places where I noticed that the, mm -hmm. uh, the life I did not die of diabetes, the life I did not die of alcoholism, the life, et cetera, et cetera, all mm -hmm. seemed to be, um, uh, had a long chat with my higher self about the particular subject. But the idea of addiction puts it in a different category in your thinking. So, well, first of all, we've, we've had many, many shows on the subject of anger. And anger, 100% of the time, anger is anger at yourself. Mm -hmm. It is just the way it is. Uh, if you're cut off and you're frightened from, and then because so you're angry that you're frightened. Yeah, exactly. And as a matter of fact, any anger there is is not only anger at yourself. It's also anger about a border issue. In other words, someone crossed a border, and you're angry at yourself because someone crossed your border because you didn't express your border clearly at all. 
And even if you did clearly express the border and somebody passed it, you're still angry at the fact that you live on a planet that, where irreverence seems to be uh, held up as valuable when it's not at all, you know, where, where guilt is the only thing that's interesting on this planet. You know, and it is, you know, like, oh, I was not guilty, who? <laughs> yeah, he was guilty, oh, what's his name? Yeah, you know, guilt seems to be, and that, that's well, a completely other show. But, but you're very right, because every time I have ever been angry, it always comes back to self. Like yeah. you get angry at yourself because you were not able to handle the situation, or angry that you attracted that, or something like that. But then that gets down to that underlying feeling of a fear, like you're not good enough, you're not performing well. Well, anger, the cleanup from anger is never worth it, just like the hangover is not worth it, just like the lung cancer is not worth it, just mm. like the yeah, diabetes good. is not worth it. The cleanup from the anger is flowers, uh, restraining order, subpoena. You know, it just depends on exactly how angry you've gotten where. Okay, because you do lose control, and that is what makes it so addicting. So then we can speak, uh, as we can say, the whatever you're addicted to is your old friend. This is the point at which you have been, it, the <clears throat> anger being your old friend. So to stop <clears throat> being angry is to say bye-bye to your old friend. How's that for exciting way to look at it? So some of my old friends are not so friendly. You know, well, there are some old friends you really want to <clears throat> say goodbye to. As we've said so many times on the show, there is one and only one family on this planet, and that is your family. So there is no human being who's not a member of your family. However, like any family, there are some members you really don't want to talk to and don't want to be around, just the way it goes in families. So then in the uh, idea of some of your friends, they're not friends. They're not, you know, they, they can put you to sleep. You know, we've seen this happen. Better known as the con man, we've all, any, if you've ever listened to an advertisement uh, since oh. he's gone now, Billy, what's his name, that sold OxyClean, OxyClean from the- The uh, Screamer? The Screamer, yes, yeah. Billy the Screamer. Billy Mays, Mays yes. Billy Mays would put you to sleep with his anger. That's what he did. That's, that was his method of operation. <clears throat> so for Billy, that was, um, yeah, by the way, he got bashed in the head on an airplane when the airplane and the suitcase went. And he said, oh, I'm just fine. Mom always said I had a hard head, which is incidentally what I well, said when I woke up in the hospital. Mom always said I had such a hard head. Oh, wow. Which is why I bring up Billy. Yeah. Is, apparently. Well, if you look, at, here's another um, take on, on violence and anger. If you look in the animal kingdom, cats will flick their tail when they want you to stop doing something. And there are these phases, like babies will give you a face like this, then they'll do something else. And it, it's a buildup to the point where there is a display of some kind. Well, we humans have lost that. Oh, yeah. It's not like your boss comes and, and says, here, I've got work for you to do, and it's 4.30, and you've already closed down everything, getting ready to leave. And then all of a sudden, he's been sitting there all day, or her, and now all this stuff has to get out. And we don't have a tail flick. We don't wag our tail to our boss to let him know, or her know, that we're starting to get angry. You're crossing my borders. You better stop it. So what we tend to do, since we, we still have those unconscious um, signals to each other, but we've lost our 
ability or our focus on looking at them and reading those in other humans and then being respectful to it. And so what happens, we're not allowed to do that to our boss. We have to let our boss do this if we want to keep our jobs, especially quote unquote in this economy, which I'd like to just throw that expression out the window for all of us on the behalf of everyone. But so what we do is we let it happen. And then the anger, which is designed to get us to move out of the situation or to express ourselves or to flick our tail, we don't. And it builds up and it builds up. And all violence is actually repressed anger. And it is not a result of the anger itself. It's the result of not listening to the anger when it's a trickle and letting it build up like a volcano. So if we start looking at anger as our friend and listening to it further upstream, we don't have to worry about those eruptions. Yeah, very well put. Uh, by the way, in the 50s, there was a book written called The Age of the Tail, in which uh, <laughs> a past, I think it was 1964, which was the future, um, every, uh, all of a sudden there was a genetic aberration and absolutely everybody was born with a tail. And it proceeded to, um, uh, three people perhaps in the entire audience have even heard of this book. But uh, people drew tails and began to communicate with them in the same way that animals did. Now, we humans do have, but it's not really very legible. We have a thousand facial expressions yeah, that, that would, if you were alert, you would be able to realize this. And so uh, periodically I teach the subject of face reading physiognomy, which is kinesics, which is the The micro-expressions and yeah, things, yeah. Uh, the way in which you're sitting there will tell you the person's upset or they feel trapped or et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. Okay, so um, now the idea of anger and how to uh, overcome it, I agree, going further upstream. But the thing is, the stream, to recognize that you're in the stream, because it's not like, oh, suddenly everything is wet. Oh, there's a stream forming. You know, we don't, it doesn't work that way for us. So then um, the training I'm working with with myself about raising flags associated with certain words. You know, I've said forever, like the word should is guilt manipulation. If I hear the word should, a flag goes up, and I have been one of three behaviors, I'm going to As choose. long as it's not a surrender flag, then we're okay. No, it's a tiny triangular red flag, just like on a golf course. I have those too, with, yeah. with certain things. Okay, so uh, once the flag goes up, it causes you to become conscious. Mm -hmm. Now, most people, I don't know if most people have a thing like that. <clears throat> I would highly recommend that one foster and grow such a thing in their thinking so that certain words and expressions and warning signals actually get you to pay attention instead of put you to sleep. Okay, and as we said, all other television with the exception of this show tends to, the byproduct is your sleep as soon as you're watching it. Now I'm being entertained. We wake you up. Yeah. As this is the program that's not with the program. This is the program that's designed to wake you up. And it is on <clears> your side. Yeah, yeah. So then in getting a flag associated with anger, then before the police arrest you, before the screaming starts, before the rock goes through the window, before whatever the signature of the anger is, you can go, oh, had a moment there, excuse me, really didn't mean it that way. Well, Because we're born to push each other's buttons. It seems to be the number one human um, behavior. Well, I think that really, 
since, since anger is a, a cumulative thing when we explode, the remedy of it is tracing it further upstream, but living in the moment helps too because anger is never about one thing. It's about a lot of things. You don't get mad at your husband for leaving a wet towel on the carpet uh, over that one time. It's after the 50th time you start really getting angry. And if we felt okay about communicating, and I think that the world in this era, everybody is so self-inward focused on how reality looks from their point of view. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just the way it is, that we're not really looking at the bigger picture. There has to be the me-we. It has to be that we're all part of the big picture and we're part of our, our unique mm -hmm. individual picture. Mm -hmm. But it's always about an accumulation and a resentment that is rooted in the past, all anger is. So if you can clear your past, which is the work I do with people, is to mm -hmm. help them clear some of these old events and the emotion that's connected to it, yeah. particularly the anger, and then when an event that's like that happens, they can not tie it in to the 50 times someone left a wet towel on the floor. Mm -hmm. It's just a wet towel in the floor and all kinds of remedies come to you because you're all about that one thing. We can yeah. process any one thing. Well, when we get into issues is when there's 50 mm -hmm. and they're in the past and we can't really do anything about them anymore and they're all right in this moment and you've had no sleep and you're stressed out, then it just all flies off the handle. Well, yeah, it's, uh, in the now it is just one episode. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's a repeating pattern, yeah. it still is. So that's very therapeutic then to just be in the particular moment. And if the other person doesn't carry baggage and, you know, a stick on third rock from the sun always used to say, it's my baggage, nobody's touching it, get your hands off it. It's mine, I brought it, I'm going to keep it. Okay, well, so if, um, I wanted to, um, as I was saying, the pushing button seems to be the, <laughs> the single biggest human amusement available to us. And basically, we all walk around looking for buttons to push. Whether or not we're conscious of it is an entirely different thing. I remember on Dharma and Greg, um, I think it was um, one of the characters on it said, they're my parents. Uh, they installed my buttons. Of course they know how to push them. <laughs> you know, so, that was cute. Yeah, yeah. So we're all this massive buttons waiting to get pushed. And uh, we walk around looking for other people's buttons to push. And then that is this anger thing. So when the button push sets off a flag that amends your behavior, then the button doesn't work anymore. And so love being the most powerful thing there is, as soon as you feel your button pushed, if you immediately say, I love you, that um, takes the steam out of the entire button push fanaticism that seems to go on on our planet. And in fact, they were thinking of changing Earth, which is the same letters as heart, um, to a that. button push uh, planet, or well, BPP. BPP? Yes, button push. Oh, you planet. bet your BPP. Yes, <laughs> well, I think so. What you're talking about, the button pushing, is a topic that I, I had wished to talk about, so I'm really glad you said that yeah. um, so that I could remember it. And that is how people express their anger through passive aggression. And I, I just thought of something that passive aggressiveness is when anger hits morality, when it comes up against morality. 
and it tends to then go sub subversive or like uh, the, uh, the two tectonic plates where it gets subducted or goes under the other plate. What happens is we're angry, angry. I can't say that to my wife or my husband. That will get them upset. So then the anger goes underneath, but yet it's still impacting. It's still lifting. It's still moving. Things are still have that friction. So then the anger comes out in a very passive way. Like, let's say we're angry that our wife makes us uh, orange juice and eggs every single day and we want something different and she's refusing to do this or whatever, I'm just making something up now. So we don't feel we can say anything. We can't act on that anger. We can't change anything in our life because we've hit the wall of morality. So then the anger looks for another form of expression, just like a plant will grow around a corner to get to the sun. So then what we do is we keep leaving the toilet seat up no matter what. We'll find a way, that anger will find a way of expression. Now if you let the anger out of the room, it won't bounce around like a handball in a closed handball court, and it will actually take you somewhere. If you treat it as a friend and saying, where are you looking to lead me? Where are you leading me to? It really helps. So passive aggression is just a technique. Okay, now I have a question. Okay, that I don't really I've got want an, an answer. answer to. Okay. All right, is saying passive-aggressive inherently passive-aggressive? Yes. Yeah, see. When you're accusing, you when you're accusing, not when you're just talking about it, though. No, I think just saying it is inherently passive-aggressive. All that means is a displaced anger. Yeah. And I think it's worth talking about. But yes, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, because so many people will call other people passive-aggressive, often As a way to get, not anywhere to near buttons. what the regular definition is. Yeah. But usually it's a way to condemn and control other people. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. And so it's actually a response and reaction. It's it is. It, it's anger hitting the wall of morality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd never quite okay. seen it that way, but I yeah, feel yeah, that's, that's a good a nice, way of looking at nice it. Nice breakthrough, nice awareness. Um, so the uh, Eckhart Tolle's concept of the pain body, the idea yes. that there's this thing lurking within us that has no other agenda other than to mm. get us um, in pain so that it can feed on our pain. And I have a different view of that, but I get your point. Okay, so, all right, then the idea of the pain body and the idea of being able to alleviate that, and Tolle would suggest that is by being in the now, which would automatically eliminate the history that the pain body has. I was, yeah, I yeah, I'm just agreeing with you, and I'm also fishing for whatever my point is because I, it takes a while for me to get these, any mm -hmm. channeling is like that. You don't know what your, what your conclusion's going to be. Oh, okay. So, um, well, I'll just sit here for a minute. Okay, it's fine. We've got plenty of time. Na, 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 na. You know, it's funny, people do get very uncomfortable with dead air, with not talking. Change the channel. No, I'm not talking about the people out there. I'm just talking about everybody in general. It is a command in its own way. Okay, so, so living in the now. Yeah, does away with the history mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. the pain body. And mm -hmm. when two people get together who both have a pain body, total strangers never met before, a one pain body will trigger the other pain body. We have been referring to it as pushing buttons. Okay, so if the button push raises a flag that tells you not to become angry instead of the flag that tells you 
or instead of no flag, instead of the unconsciousness that button pushing creates. Okay, then we solved it all. We can all go home. Good. All right. I'm done. It reminds me of a comedian we saw. Remember when we were in New York doing that filming? And this comedian was talking about he would go trying to find a woman or something, and he goes, all these people in pain going to these bars looking for people, and he said their mating call was wah, 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 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very yeah, hysterical. It's very true. Well, if it's funny, it has to be true. I think that is really wonderful, the Eckhart Tolle thing about the pain body. Yeah. I felt, though, and this could, could just be a way he was languaging it, but I, I personally prefer not to look at this pain body as this separate entity that's looking to subdue me. Um, Freud really set forth this idea that we have some evil subconscious mind or unconscious mind that's, that we put all of our repressed desires into, like a recycling bin or a trash bin, and they just sit there flailing until they get a chance to act out unconsciously, and that there is this inner enemy. I feel our pain body is not there trying to keep us in pain, and that's why the buttons get pushed. I feel if we would talk about what the pain body is, it's actually always seeking out and finding a solution, and that it only brings attention to itself for that purpose. It gives us clues everywhere we look. People will have all these spontaneous things happen to bring out things when they know they're going to come see me or, or somebody else or another therapist. Our subconscious mind, unconscious mind may look like it's against us or a pain body, whatever we call it, but it is always seeking out healing. And remember, love brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. And I think it's just a slight perception change, but one that's profound further down the road. Because when we look at our pain body as something against us, then mm -hmm. we've got an enemy inside of our head. And that does not take you to oneness. It takes you to separateness. Mm -hmm. So if we look at everything as on our side, that's all I had to say about that. But the idea of that part of us always getting triggered looking at it as love bringing out anything unlike love so that it may be healed rather than people sinisterly yeah, pushing buttons is, yeah. is a path to healing, really. Yeah, and they are all paths to healing. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. I remember very early on realizing that there was actually no anger. There was only fear disguised as anger, which for a long time helped. Because if I would start to get angry, the, the question becomes, what am I so afraid of? And so that's, uh, but it does require um, that we be on our own side, that we begin to um, shed light on our mental processes because they become so um, unconscious without consciousness. Subconscious is the connection to the entire universe. The unconscious is where the consciousness is not in charge. <laughs> which happens like you unconsciously put your car keys someplace and then you cannot find them because you weren't conscious when you put them down. Hmm. Just the, the terminology, just yeah, the I words that we use. I, I've heard subconscious these. is the one here and the unconscious is the connection to everything. So I think it's Either just way. whatever you yeah. pick. Yeah, but the two minds, and a lot more than two minds that we have. But uh, to get us aligned with the uh, higher um, I, at this point, prefer the transfiguration of the mind, the idea of the mind holding the higher frequency consistently. Uh, and even within the consistency, there'll be that waveform pattern that we all exist in. I'm happy, happy, angry, angry, happy, happy, angry, angry. You know, this is the, uh, 
the pattern we live in. So, but to get the the um, step to be not so high, mm -hmm. to get us to an even plane where the uh, the waves are well, not think, so chaotic. Yeah, I think even too is just to pan back and know that we're more than the mind, and that the transfiguration mm -hmm. happens to our total self and our yeah. physical, our mental, our emotional, and our emotional is often yeah. overlooked, and our spiritual, mm -hmm. and that we can't just focus on one of them, that they're all in the picture. Mm -hmm. But I agree, like I was saying at the top of the hour, that all anger, underneath all anger, is fear and sadness. Yeah. And I, I do agree with what you were saying, and I felt that for a very long time, and um, I, I had had that concept um, in a very different way presented years and years ago on a Johnny Carson show. I was a little kid mm -hmm. and somebody on it was talking about how they were cut off in traffic and they realized that they were angry because they got scared that they were going to have an accident. And that's when I started realizing that sadness was under anger. And I mean, I'm sorry, fear and sadness were under anger. And if you look at every time you're angry, one of those is sitting right there. Eek. Did we? Yeah. Well, you can call into the show if you would like to join in. It's 571-749-1166 if you'd like to be in the discussion. We'd love yeah. to have you call in. And um, if you're viewing this or yeah. listening to this after this is not live, you can always join us on Thursday nights at 8.30 Eastern. We're live on the Internet at www.telepathictv.com. Mm -hmm. And please uh, pass the link around. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'd love to hear what people have to say about these subjects. It's a very important thing um, because we are uh, one family, and it's very important communication. It's very important, um, you know, feedback and so forth. That's another one. All human beings do have a right to feedback. It's a very important thing, and you're going to get your own feedback. No matter what happens, you're going to get your own feedback, so it's a non-issue. But it's often serving to people to um, speak to them about you know specific things. Like if someone cuts the line uh, in the supermarket, then just say, "Hey, you cut the line," and they'll claim amnesia or recently struck by lightning or uh, some form of mental aberration, and they didn't know they were doing it. And you say that's very well, but yet at the end of the line, thank you so much. And that's very important feedback for that person because they. You know, when you are out of line, you, you have, it's the same thing. If you never said anything to your kids, they would grow up chaotic, well, and, which explains a lot of and it. And that's an, the, the kids and the chaotic. Yeah. Well, like the kid that was kicking the man's car to make the alarm go off, just doing that repeatedly, thought yeah, it was yeah. funny. Everybody's scared to say anything. Oh, they're going to oh, think no. this. They're going to yeah. think I'm uh, pinpointing them because they're not like me. They're not the same. It, we have to teach our children also. Yeah by saying, no, that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I was thinking, what would you say if you were talking to somebody that has anger problems? Like, what are some things, maybe we could give people some examples of what they can do to help them work through their anger rather than reacting? Because reaction is like yeah. dominoes hitting mm -hmm. another domino and falling right, and falling. Right. When we introduce choice into the thing, it's like removing several of the dominoes so that the event can happen, we have time to make a decision, and sometimes we do knock over those dominoes and sometimes we don't. And the response versus the reaction is another way of looking at that, because the reaction is immediate, the explosion or whatever. 
But the response yeah. is so a completely what, different subject. What would you suggest? If someone has anger issues, yeah. um, well, you, they have to feel that, you're, uh, that you are on their side if you're going to work with them. Otherwise, they'll throw anger at you. Well, like if people, let's say people are, are really angry with coworkers or somebody at work, what are some things they can do when they go into work? Oh, we have a call. I'm sorry. I didn't see Hi, that. caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Terry. Hi. Terry, what can Hi, we do I've for you? I've been watching you guys for over 10 years. I'm oh, so wow. in love with you all. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for taking my call tonight. Sure. And I, I've always just watched and learned so much from you all. Um, and I've had three kids since I started watching you 10 years ago. Oh, welcome wow. to the world. All yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, well, uh. yeah, it is awesome. But I'm feeling what you're just talking about tonight because um, it's hard being a mom of three. Mm -hmm. I have lots of anger issues, and I've been sick. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering how being ill and um, and not feeling so great, and then having to tend to three young young kids. Mm -hmm. So how, wow. how does that work when they're together? Wow, Let that me is. First, ask a little bit. What is what's the illness? If you can say, you don't have to. What are you? Oh gosh, I I have multiple. Um, well, I had Multiple that once. Things okay. On. So yeah, good I, enough. I just seeing a mom of three mm -hmm. um, and pregnant three times that that is just ever ever taxed my body. Yeah, 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 that definitely. I think that's what's going on. Is there you know some vacation would be well. One thing that I, I would just since I've had kids and yeah, go all ahead. that. One thing I would like to say. I know new mothers and even not new mothers and fathers certainly. But kids tend to make a lot of noise. They cry or something like that. And sometimes if you're really fatigued and you're resisting it, the cry, especially a newborn with colic or something, our natural inclination is to tense up. And I remember holding, I, I don't remember if it was one of my own or another baby, and it was crying and crying. I think it was one of mine. And I thought, I'm just going to not resist it. And I just softened my whole body. And I just let the sound go through me. No, and I, I was in this great state of peace, and the baby just stopped crying at that mm -hmm. moment. Wow. It was like this great state of peace because infants and, and young children are so much on that biofeedback loop, like mm -hmm. whatever the response of the world tells them about the world. And when we're tired, sick, overworked, it is really probably one of the more Feedback difficult things loop. we could ever do in life is to raise children because it's mm -hmm. a 24-hour on-call, mm -hmm. and it's a sacred thing, and it's a beautiful thing. So I think, what would you say um, are the types of things that make you angry? Well, when I teach them something and then they do the opposite, uh -huh. that really sets me off. Okay. And so I, I now, know about hitting the moral wall that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it's, they, know, they can do better and they have done better. They just won't do better for me. Well, now you see that's where your source of anger is because you're judging yourself. Uh, for not being able to teach it better, but I think more primarily is that it's going through an interpretation filter that says, I am not getting respected, which leads to a room where I am not respect worthy, which leads to a room of something that has happened in your life that led you to believe that, either to you or just something you've witnessed. So if, if that gets traced back to the point where you don't believe you're non-respect worthy, 
and then you trace it back to these events, then you're going to interpret them disobeying that teaching as not being a disrespect to you personally, oh, wow. but just an action. And then you just let it blow through you. And I think that since love brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed, your children are trying to help you heal this. And so therefore, they, they're getting something out of it too, but that's there for you to heal. And then right. yeah. be an interesting experiment. So say an affirmation when that happens. Try to catch it as, as farther upstream as you can mm -hmm. and just say, I love and respect myself unconditionally. And just say that, chant that self to, okay. that to you. And then you can deal with that from another place. And when you deal with it as you must do this and not this is my disrespect and I'm mad at myself because I can't command respect from my kids, then they're going to listen to you in a different way too. Did you Great. have Great, interesting. I did. The, well, love being the most powerful thing there is, and that was very brilliant to just uh, allow it to be. It's mm -hmm. the resistance and everything that, that gets it's worked it to every redouble single time its, for me. Uh, yeah, it gets it to redouble its effort. So uh, another whole aspect um, is the idea that we, the human beings, are actually love generators, which is very little known. And anyone who happens to be a heart doctor would do well to catch on to this. Um, when we, all, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of thoughts there, good point. <laughs> the, um, so we're this love generating device, and we're also absolutely genius at creating resistance. So you put those two programs together, in a human being, and uh, for our uh, for our heart doctors, um, that's called high blood pressure. That is the way it works. In other words, you're the love generator, and you resist the love, and the love says, "Oh, you're not resisting me. I shall increase my effort to be love," which of course it does, and then you increase your effort to resist it, and then the the ram's heads meet, um, which really trip hammers your little art there. And so that's uh, abstracted, but still a process that's going on. So then if the child is being angry and exhibiting all this stuff, um, laugh at them. <laughs> well, actually, because um, that'll really tick them off, and then they'll either reset or they uh, will turn into something. But still, the idea that um, you know humor is very much the um, the other aspect that we leave out of healing and the axiom, um, if it's not funny, it's not healed. So the minute the kid being arbitrarily less than they could be strikes you funny, then the kid will have to self-correct because it just gets it across you know, that reminds, to, reminds to the me, kid. Yeah. Uh, a person that used to come around to things, she said her granddaughter, when her granddaughter would cry, her granddaughter was like two or three years old, and she'd throw a temper tantrum, and she got a mirror and put it on the wall about two and a half feet off the wall, and she'd make the granddaughter look in the mirror, and so she'd be crying, and so she'd go, go look at yourself, and she'd stop crying, because she didn't like the way that looked. It's kind yeah, of like yeah. that biofeedback. Yeah, but, yeah, so that's, these are a couple of different ways to approach well, the thank child you so much. is. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Humor, humor, polygamy. the whole house run in mirrors at their height, <laughs> the entire house, no matter where but, they but are. But really, just, but just to, 
punctuate that point, when we remove our issue out of any situation oh, yeah. and say, this is my stuff, this is about being respected or mm -hmm. being loved or being mm -hmm. honored, whatever that is, and deal with what is at hand, and the past isn't just the many towels, it's, it's our history too, mm -hmm. then it's so easy to deal with that. So keep me posted. Please email or call in next week and let us know how that works out. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, We'd thank love you to hear from you. Thank you. Please call anytime, every week. Yes, um, call at, uh, 24 hours a day. <laughs> the but kids still, will say, Mom, I'll do yeah. anything you want. Just get off the phone. Uh, well, yes. I, I came up with one joke. Good. You know, like my, I, I printed a picture of a donut one time and I wrote under it, Cop Circle. Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. Very few yeah, laugh at that. But this one is, funny. you go up to somebody who's having a quote-unquote bad hair day where the hair is going on all different directions mm -hmm. and say, Boy, man, you really need a hair traffic controller. That's good. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know. I'm it's the um, eyebrow hairs that are actually what okay. that refers well, to. Well, you need a hair, yes. hair traffic controller. That's very good. Okay. <laughs> now, another thing uh, that we've taught on this show simply forever that still applies to the, the phone call there, the, um, what, well, the basis of it is whatever you don't like about the other person is what you don't like about yourself. It's true. And uh, so if someone insults you, they are talking about what they don't like about themselves. So that's why the mirror of the grandchild works so well, because that's what the grandmother did not like about the child. And then once the child saw, that's the way it was. So to tell the story for possibly the last time, but in the days when I would always wear a cummerbund and a Hawaiian shirt, because I liked the look, and that's why, someone called in and said, oh, dude, that's so gay. And I said, well, why are you telling our audience that your father disapproved of you and that your wedding turned out to be a total disaster? Why are you telling everyone that? Because that's exactly what he said. You know, in other words, the cummerbund, you, you can do the math on this, or do I have to go find the logic from so many years <laughs> ago? Yeah, so, when, uh, so as soon as someone insults you, you know they're talking about themselves. I was eating a vegetarian dish that looked very much like meat, and someone said, well, you're eating meat again. And I'm, I would have, but did not say, I'm so sorry to hear that you lack faith in yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's that, exactly what they're saying. Well, that's really good when you get angry or somebody gets on your nerves. Because I, I recognized this years ago. I'd done Life Springs, like back 1980 or something. Boing. No, it's this like self-development thing that that you get locked away for five days and they run you yeah. through these grueling work. psychological things and then you come out the other pee. side. The one? Well, one of them was you had to find the room, someone in the room that you admired the most and go stand by them. So all these 300 people were doing this and then they said you have to go stand behind people you admire the least. Huh. Well, I, I mysteriously had to use the restroom at that point, but then I was called out and made to stay in the room and everything. And I realized that there was someone that immediately she got on my nerves and irritated me a little bit. I, I really wouldn't have thought of it except we had to do this exercise. And what I realized is there's some part of me that she represents. So instead of hating her, I'm going to bring it back in where I have some power. And so I just said, I love that part of me, the part of me that does X, Y, and Z, whatever she does. Mm -hmm. So that helps you to not be angry at people. Yes. And um, I heard a quack. Here we go. Are we going to have cheese and quackers? In a minute, here comes the... Well, we're, we are making jokes. So jokes and cheese, cheesy, cheese and quackers. That's pretty cheesy. All right. 
I got expansiveness. expansiveness. And that's another way to get out of anger. Expand larger. Remember, let the anger go through you. Let the frustration go through you. Just take a deep breath. Don't resist it and let it move through you. Creativity. Excellent. It's definitely going on. You're yeah. working on your next uh, edition of paintings. Yeah, we are going to get all of your artwork up. Neville is quite a uh, famous artist. He's had some of his aluminum sculptures in the Smithsonian. Gone around the you've world. You've got copper sculptures mm -hmm. and you've got lots of paintings. Yeah, so if anybody's ever interested in looking at those, some yeah. of your paintings are on the website, but I'll get um, more stuff posted soon. We'll work on that and uh, perhaps an agent will appear. Well, what you're doing now is very intriguing too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. So anger's not, you're not bad for getting angry. If you're an, a rageaholic, that just means that you have a lot of pain. You have a lot of um, fear mm -hmm. and a lot of sadness. And let's work on that instead of letting your anger try to yeah, the anger is three or four dynamite you outside of yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. We have a call. Yeah, hi caller, what's your name please? Uh, good evening, my name's Brian. Hi Brian. Brian, what can we do for you? I would like to get a reading from Mary. Okay, okay. be happy to. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Slipping in and sliding and playing dominoes. They're very slippery tonight. That one got away. Oh, I'll have to pull that one too. Okay, the first card we got, this is a card that's, that's titled guilt. And what it means is, yeah, okay, maybe someone took something out of a cookie jar so they, you could say they're guilty of that. But what we're talking about is guilt consciousness. That guilt consciousness walking around like, oh, I've done something to harm someone or I'm not living my life as well as I could. All it does is create a fog around you that keeps you from seeing what's really there in your life. So what it's saying is don't feel bad. Whatever it is, right now, declare yourself forgiven for whatever may have come before. That's really what the message of the religions are talking about, but this is in a, in a place that it is in a higher place. Just declare yourself forgiven and just start from, from now. This master is talking about spirit guides that are around you to assist you, to help you move to the next thing. It really does feel like you're being reborn in so many ways. And I think that you have a, a many spiritual gifts that are emerging for you now that can take you pretty much anywhere. And I almost get a sense of like when people go on one of those religious spiritual odysseys like to India or something, that maybe that might not be a bad thing or getting together with other people that are of like heart and mind, heart as you say. So thank you. This is talking about a celebration coming up and getting with people. And this one flew out of the deck when I was sitting it down and it's talking about the burden and that means releasing old beliefs that we have that may be from our parents or our parents' generation. Not that they're bad, they just don't apply anymore. And it's time to set things down. Don't do things mindlessly anymore. Mm-hmm. Changing the game. Thing? Well, just um, very interesting. I was having a series of revelations there. Oh, okay. So don't wish to interrupt. That, uh, no. no, no, just that uh, fear is the uh, inhibiting factor. So whatever it is you're afraid of, do it. The difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness. That was the first thing that mm -hmm. went through my mind about oh. what it is I might be afraid of. That is interesting. You know, I was mm -hmm. working on this new spread that I'm doing where I pull a card to say, um, 
what is the lesson, and we know there's more, uh, that we came here to learn? What is the healing we came here to do? And what is the wisdom we came here for? And mm -hmm. so I thought I would do this just for everybody until we get another call and we get them right in the order. So take this and interpret it and apply it to your own life. This is the lesson you came here to learn, and this is for everyone, and this is control. And sometimes we do control, sometimes we do put on the brakes, sometimes we do slow down. Other times we take that off and allow the natural fluid speed of life to take over. And so the lesson that you are here to learn is when and where to control and how to control from a place of power, which means you're not controlling, but that you're really seeing what's, what's there. Okay, and then the next one is the healing you came to do, and this idea that we have to be something, that we can't just be who we really are, that this is the laziness card, that somehow we're messing up all the time, and that we have to be performing all the time. So the healing is to know that we're not here to do. We're here to be and to learn and to create. And then this is the wisdom that we came here for, which is the um, when the time is right, knowing that the moment contains all the fruit for you right now. You can't eat that rotten fruit from yesterday or the green fruit for tomorrow. You ha you're here with the fruit that's ripe right now, so enjoy that. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So we have another caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Don. Don, what can we do for you? I'd like to have a reading for Mary. Okay. Be happy to. Thanks for calling, Don. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we appreciate the calls into we the sure show. Do. That's a very <laughs> exciting part of this program. Is you can participate in it. Yeah. Well, the first card is morality. It's kind of interesting we were talking about anger hitting up against morality. One, one time I, I was angry about something, and it woke me up in the middle of the night. It was so unfair and so unjust. And I realized that um, often when I'm hurt or angry or get mad at someone that I've judged my performance. And I, I wrote a bunch mm -hmm. in my dream journal. And this card is about that that maybe you have been judging your performance and it's time to get on your own side and not be so critical of self. And how you can do that is pan up. Now one of the things I felt when I looked at this card is this may be connected to your job in some way. It almost felt like um, changing companies or, or looking at a broader horizon that it's not really bad, but where you are or, or the situation that you're in and that it may have been very serving for a, quite a period of time, but that you might find some other opportunities coming to you. And, and maybe you haven't been contemplating it because you're fearing that you may look back and regret it. And if we live our life that way, we really miss, we never really miss anything, yeah. But, yeah. but we don't walk as directly as we could. What this is saying is that when we go back and clear out those things, like when I was telling, uh, talking earlier about clearing that history or that harmony to what's going on, then we don't get we don't make it personal, whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time of healing where you take the old sorrow that you felt and it's time to heal. And you can see the blinds because sorrow makes us blind to that beautiful blue sky out there. Mm -hmm. So it's a time of profound healing coming for you. Excellent. So thanks, Don. Excellent. Yeah. And our next caller, hi, what's your name, please? 
Uh, hello, my name is Rosa. I haven't talked to y'all in a long time. Oh, hey, Rosa. Oh, good to hear from you. Good to hear from y'all. Mm -hmm. See y'all. Yeah. yeah, same here. I'm back with Verizon now, so I thought I couldn't think of what channel y'all come on, on your or your phone number, and all of a sudden I just turned, and there y'all was there. Oh, instant. And I said, Lord, I need to ask him a dream. And oh, okay. I'm oh, having all these weird, strange dreams, and I don't know what they mean. Oh, okay. I uh, had this dream. Somebody and his big finger stuck their finger out the heavens and wrote this big note on my door. And last, two months ago, I had another dream. This big finger took their knuckles and was knocking on my door. Wow. Oh. Is that the hand of God? Yeah, it sounds like the hand of what? God to me. Yeah, and it's an opportunity knocking, if you wanted the language put together there. Yeah, some opportunity is in the process of presenting itself. Uh, when the finger wrote, do you have any recollection of what it wrote? I was trying, I turned, opened the door, and I was looking at the note. It, it was bigger than the door, and I, I couldn't understand what it, was, what it was trying to tell me. Okay. You know, for me personally, uh, I sometimes get notes in my dreams like that, and it's like you can't read them or can't absorb them. And I remember reading years ago that when you dream and you see something written, it's, you can't really absorb it. And so I thought, well, I don't know about that. I, and so when that happened, I would purposefully in my dream remember ha having read that and said, no, that's not true at all. I can certainly read this. And so it became an exercise. Every time I saw something written down, I would make the gesture to read it. And then now I can read books in my dreams. And I think that is God, that's your good. higher self, your yeah. angels, your guides, whatever we want to call it, coming to you, giving you something to entice you. So. What I would do is go to sleep with the intention that if you have something written, to read it, because that is communication from your higher self, your guides, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. And, and I think the communication is going to get stronger. Yeah, yeah. you're right, because right. I've had these robots came to visit me, and they had on gold dresses, and then all of a sudden they turned silver. I said, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to tell me here, all these strange dreams. Well, you know, well, make new friends, paid. but keep the old one silver and one as gold. Mm -hmm. Where it's so maybe if it turned from gold to silver, the new friends are gold, right? The old friends are silver. That, that At any sense. rate, maybe it's talking about people in your life that you feel are robotic, that have no feelings, that don't get you. Oh. That maybe it's the old turning to new, which hmm. means go ahead and make new because these don't apply to you anymore. Yeah. So that could be one translation of that. That's Thank y'all very yeah. much for that wisdom. Y'all know everything y'all have told me have come true, have come to pay us, just like y'all said. Yeah. And I believe what y'all said, and I tell people, too. Oh, well, thank I don't you. tell y'all not one bit, and I would tell the audience out there, too. Everything y'all said, just look for it. Come to pay us, because it do. Oh, well, thank you, That's Rosa. You're so sweet. All the way around. <laughs> we love you, and, and thanks for calling. you're an absolute world-class dreamer, by the way. You would not believe the number of people who would pay good money to get a message from God in their dreams. Mm -hmm. Seriously, you yep. have an exceptional talent there. You do, you do yeah. indeed. And it was kind of you to share it with our mm -hmm. audience. Yeah. And thanks, just call yeah. in anytime. We'd yeah, call in. We're thir Thursday nights on Channel 10 on Verizon Fios, and we're mm -hmm. on Comcast cable on Channel 10 as well. Uh -huh. um, unless Comcast is in another county, then it might be a different number. Well, but Verizon, way, wherever you computer. are, if you're in Fredericksburg, all the way yeah. out to Fauquier County, you're on Channel 10. Or around the planet, you can get us. Or telepathictv.com on yeah. the planet live. And we're so about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Thanks, Circle. So uh, uh, if you're out and about, and presuming Rosie, this is indeed. I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. Thursday night, rather than a rerun, come join us at Ruby Tuesdays. It's fun. Come see us. Mm -hmm. We'll be there in person or impersonating us. Which Although we, we do may so well. astrally project there sometimes just for fun. I have a little could. device that, yeah, that yeah. reads the energy and comes mm -hmm. and translates it into words, and I thought yeah. it would be fun for us to sit at home and do it telepathically one night through this or electronic device. Or we could just device. build a transporter unit and appear there at random, which makes sense. Seems yes, like and you can get on our work. mailing list on our website. Yeah. And we have so many things. Yeah, thanks for joining us. <laughs>